Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on core temp arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Thank you guys for tuning in to the very first episode of Podstalgic, formerly Hydrate Level 4. Uh, my name is Peter, and joining me on this review of 1997's Face Off is my son, Phoenix. Hey, Phoenix. Hey, what's up? So, Phoenix is my 16-year-old teenager. Now, for those that had uh, subscribed to Hydrate Level 4, uh, will you know, remember that he actually started off uh, that podcast with me. So, I thought it'd be fitting if I had him join me on the very first episode of Paul Stalgic. So, um, if you're listening to us the very first time... Uh, this is just another movie review podcast. You know, every episode, well, not every episode, but most episodes will probably have a theme, whether it be like one of the leading actors or actresses uh, having a new release out, and we're kind of going back to some of their older movies. We'll um, start doing some more retrospectives like we kind of did in the past. So it's just a rebranding. You know, we switched the network, changed the logo, changed the title. Uh, hopefully it could draw in more listeners and, uh, you know, check out the show. So that's what we do here. Uh, the new network is Cortem Parts. So shout out to Carly. Thank you for, uh, having me at the, uh, the network there. And thanks to all the other guys that supported me over at Following Films, uh, where Hydrate Level 4 was. So me, in a nutshell, I'm a huge Back to the Feature fan. Um, clearly I'm a movie buff as well. Enjoy a lot of movies. Now, Hydrate Level 4 was originally a show that I did with Phoenix where we reviewed movies that I grew up watching. So with this um, Podstalgic, we are kind of going away from that. You know, Phoenix will be joining me, you know, uh, when we do movies that he's interested in. But it's going to be more so just, you know, movies we want to watch. You know, there's clearly movies that I've missed out. So not going to focus too much on the movies I grew up watching, but just good fun movies so that's pretty much it for introduction now face off it came out june 27th 1997 when this movie came out the number one song on the radio was puff daddy's i'll be missing you phoenix you're familiar with that song yes i am and the let me see a couple of movies that came out around the time of this release was joe schumacher's batman and robin Mm, mm. Uh-huh. Yes, that's that famous movie. Mm-hmm. And also uh, Men in Black came out the week after this movie's ah. release. Yes, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, so say what you will about Batman and Robin, but the, the three weeks back to back to back, um, you know, they grossed a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, not a bad year. Also, later on this year, we would get Titanic. So ah. a lot of big blockbusters for sure. Now, this was the first time you watched Face Off, right, for, for this podcast? Yes. Yes, it is. Um, did you have any, like, idea what this movie was about at all, based on the name or the little that you did know about it? Not exactly really anything. Um, I barely knew that uh, Nicolas Cage starred in it. Okay. Uh, and looking at the, the cover box, now we own this on Blu-ray. Uh, looking at the cover box, were you able to tell at all what it might be about? No, I was just focused on John Travolta being a lead, and all I could see him being a lead in was Grease. Okay, so you know John Travolta from Grease. Uh, you mentioned Nicolas Cage. What do you know him from? Um, I believe 2007's Ghost Rider, or 2006, I can't remember. Um, well, both of them. He was in both Ghost Riders. 
Yeah, well, they're both vastly different years. But yeah, mm. both Ghost Riders. Um, oh, I'm sure there's a lot more that there, I can There's think a family of. movie that we, we like watching with him in it. Uh, can't think of it. It's a Disney head. D- Disney, I think there's at least two. National Treasure. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, one uh, one and two. So he was also those. National Treasure. I'm trying to think. We I don't, I don't think we've ever covered Nicolas Cage before um, previously. No, no, we haven't. Yeah. So not a lot of movies of his that I grew up watching. So having said that, I was in high school when this movie came out. It's rated R. Uh, mainly for violence and language, and I I can say I grew up with, uh, watching it, but it's not one that I threw on often because uh, around this time it was still pretty sure it was still VHS. Uh, I, I don't think DVDs really came around until about ninety eight, ninety nine, definitely ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So, but this was uh, one of my favorites for sure, and I hadn't seen it in a long time, and. You know, I was very curious to see if it held up because one thing about '90s action movies it's 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 crazy, it's insane. You oh, know, yeah. like the the writing is is off the wall and the violence is uh, very um, unrealistic and all that. So right. now, before I read the uh, the summary here online, uh, can you tell me in your own words what you thought the movie was about? Um, yeah, sure. So I believe that the movie was about a high-class police officer uh, basically trading lives with his sworn nemesis, you could say, okay. um, for a certain amount of days to try and get information out of the criminal's brother to defuse a bomb. That's just one of the many plots to the story. Yeah, many plot points, perhaps. But uh, what IMDb says, in order to foil an extortion plot, an FBI agent undergoes a face transplant surgery and assumes the identity and physical appearance of a ruthless terrorist. But the plan turns from bad to worse when the same criminal impersonates the cop. So I already mentioned that uh, the movie was uh, directed by John Boo. Uh, He comes from, I want to say Hong Kong, but... um, um, there's not a whole lot of movies. I'm, I, I wouldn't say that I'm a huge or I'm a fan of John Woo, but I'm not gonna say I'm not a fan either. I know of some of his movies. I've probably seen some of them and didn't really know it was his. But one of his biggest trademarks, uh, he loves using doves, especially in like shootout scenes. Uh, also, he does a lot of slow mo. Um, do you recall many scenes at all that had a lot of slow mo in it? Not, not, not exactly, actually. Um, but now that you mentioned that kind of stuff, uh, did he direct Romeo plus Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio? No, he didn't. That was actually Baz uh, Luhrmann. Okay. Um, I can see why you say that kind of. Uh, de- definitely uh, different uh, visionary styles. But um, I'm trying to think. Hard Target with uh, Van Damme. He also directed. I'm trying to think what else did he did uh, uh, had had done, but some of the the casting here: John Travolta plays Sean Archer, who is the FBI agent; Nicolas Cage as Caster Troy; uh, his brother uh, Pollux Troy, played by Alessandro Nivola; Joan Allen as Doctor Eve Archer, who is Sean's wife; Gina Gershon plays Sasha, which is Caster Troy's girlfriend. Um, Jamie Archer is played by Dominic Swain, Nick Cassavetes as Dietrich, who is Sasha's brother, and that's, uh, all we'll go ahead and mention in here. So, 
This movie clocks in at almost two hours and 20 minutes. Did you think it was too long? Oh, yeah, definitely, for sure. Like, some of the fight scenes and, you know, face-offs could have definitely been a lot shorter and, you know, less... Or removed. Yeah, I mean, or removed. <laughs> like, uh, there was probably, what, three? At least three? Yeah, right? at there, least there's three. One, um, there's one at Dietrich's uh, apartment or whatever you want to call it, right? Mm. And then there's one at the church... Which is also like the the funeral scene, right? The funeral mm-hmm. slash the church scene, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's another one that I'm missing. Boat, the boat. Okay, yeah, yeah, and that follows after after the church. The, scene. Yeah, the funeral. So a very long boat chase scene oh, as, yeah. as well. That was unnecessary. Yeah. So okay, and that's those are just the uh, face-offs between you know those two. There's also like many other fight scenes. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, okay, let's start with the beginning of the movie. This this movie opened up with a scene that I kind of forgot, but uh, we're at a park, and there's a, a merry-go-round. Sean Archer, again, played by uh, John Travolta, he takes his son on the, uh, the carousel there. And somewhere off in the distance, Caster Troy uh, is, like, in the prone position and, like, shoots him with a sniper rifle. And I guess he was uh, actually meaning to kill... Sean, but accidentally hits his child as well. And what did you think about the scene opening up like this with a child's death already? Uh, it was a really powerful scene to start off of. Um, it reminded me a lot of the Punisher story, just because that's how he's depicted in the Daredevil series. Okay. Um, but yeah, not not much too much not too much from that. Funny, funny enough, John Travolta plays or played in the Punisher uh, as a villain. Also, Thomas Jane, who played Punisher. Uh, had a small role in this movie as well. So that kind of sets up their relationship, right? Um, Caster Troy and Sean Archer. Uh, one's a cop, one's a bad guy. And at one point, uh, the bad guy tried to kill the good guy. So with the death of the son, we skip like a few years ahead. I believe the death was in 91. So now we're in 97. And things things have changed quite a bit. The first time we see Caster Troy, he arms the some kind of bomb, and he sets it for like three years. Yeah, it's. Really <laughs> uh, I'm exaggerating, time. but it's like a long time. And why do you think that is that he sets the bomb off, or for it to go off in such a long time? Coincidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, as a friend of the show, uh, JC from the Liquor Room podcast, he say he would say uh, tripping over a plot device here. You know, just something that they uh, that happens to further along the story, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if it went off in a day, well, guess what? Most of this stuff wouldn't happen in a day. Um, anyway, we'll get to that. So Nicolas Cage is dressed as a priest. There's some sort of choir uh, performing. They're singing Hallelujah, uh-huh. right? And uh, that's a song you, you know you're very familiar with as well. Yes. So what do you think about uh, Nicolas Cage uh, prancing along in you know the middle of the uh, the hall here, and then he goes up and gropes one of the uh, the young women, you know, well, presumably a teenager. It definitely, definitely shows his uh, personality type, you know, really sets up the tone of uh, Caster Troy and for the rest of the movie. Now, do you think anybody saw him do this? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, if someone... <laughs> They're reading like, sheet music? ...purposely did, they would have, like, looked up and camera would have caught it or something, but I don't know. Now, this was a very strange um, shot or, uh, you know... Uh, a strange moment in this very particular scene. But as he caresses the young woman's rear, he, like, looks up into the sky and has these 
crazy eyes and what do you think is going on at that moment? You know, I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I don't know what Nicolas Cage was thinking. Okay. I wonder I wonder what he was thinking. <laughs> yeah, the actor or the character? The actor. The actor, he, I don't know. I, I am curious to see if, uh, well, I'm sure he really did grab her. I, I don't know. Well, yeah, but, you know, I wonder what was going through his head at that moment. Like um, These are, uh, hopefully he was thinking it was really weird because... Mm-hmm. She, I don't know how old the actress was, obviously, but if she's any anywhere close to the you know the age that uh, we're to assume that she is, that's pretty pretty weird. She looked above twenty. Yeah, but you know how it is. Back in the eighties and nineties, people were probably like forty playing eighteen year olds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, so we see uh, Sean Archer. You know, again, six years later, he is a is a different man. So why don't you? Uh, Tell me your observations of the Archer family, you know, with the uh, the wife, Eve, and also the uh, daughter, uh, Jamie. Well, in a word, I would say estranged. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Is... Well, they all still live at the house, so they, they don't live separately. No, they don't live separately, but they yeah. live separately. But um, it, a broken home, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what are the relationships like? Estranged. Okay. It's not family-like. It's more, you know, different. There's not a... Um, a symbolic relationship between any of them. It's more, um, hey, I'm here. Okay, bye. Okay. Yeah, you, you know, not your traditional family because clearly this family has gone through uh, a loss of a family member. Not only that, the youngest youngest member in their family. Um, you know, there no parent should ever have to bury their child. And this family, they did that, you know. And uh, uh, Michael, his name was... It, uh, do you did you catch how old he was? I feel like they showed us like um his tombstone or something, and you know I I didn't do the yeah, math. Yeah, I did. I went, what I eight think five, old, maybe five. Okay, a lot younger than I'm thinking. I'm thinking five because that's how old the uh, replacement is. Yeah. See, so that's that's crazy, right? I mean, you have a little brother who is four and a half. You mm-hmm. know, he's not that far off from five years old. So you know, this family has gone through quite a bit, and it seems as though this past six years that uh, Sean has been basically, you know, knee deep in work trying to go after Caster Troy. And he's so consumed that, that obviously um, his marriage with Eve, you know, is broken. They, uh, we find out later that they hadn't made love in like two months and the daughter's acting out, right? She's like dressed up as a goth uh, when we first see her. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about the daughter? Um, like a regular I thought she uh, <laughs> well yeah if you go to my school yeah a lot of goths over there uh yeah there's this one specific area you know that we go to or that not we don't go to but there's this area that some kids a certain group of kids like to hang out at yeah uh, we call it the courtyard and they're courtyard kids you know they like to hang out that area when it's cold raining whatever they're just playing hacky sack and yeah it's the weirdest <laughs> group of kids you, you, you'd ever see you know they do the strangest things outside mm-hmm mm-hmm um, so, you know, m- in movie terms, this uh, goth teenager is clearly going through some issues, mm. you know. So, yeah, the the father-daughter relationship, you know, clearly they're not getting along. And the, um, you know, obviously Eve, she wants Sean home more often. And he's just like, I-, I need to get this guy. So what do you think has taken them so long? Like when we first, you know, when the movie first started out, it looked like, Caster Troy was trying to kill this guy and then after accidentally shooting his child 
it you know I I guess the roles had turned and he'd been chasing after Ca- uh, Sean's been chasing after Casper this whole time but is unable to get him. Yeah, you know, I don't really know, because in the beginning of the movie, uh, Caster seemed really public and everything. Yeah. You would think, you know, being... not really hiding. Yeah, you'd think being a super FBI agent, you know, Sean Archer would have done something by now, after six years. Yeah. I I mean, I'm still wondering why nobody, uh, you know, how did somebody not witness a priest groping up on a a young uh, choir singer? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's the Archer family there. Now, do you remember the the, the scene where um, Caster Troy he drives over like to this airplane? Uh, you said you don't remember too many uh, too many of the slow mo scenes, but in this particular scene, uh, I always remember vividly because it's shot slowly. Like he gets out of the car and he like flaps his um his jacket because it's really long. He then it reveals like these two golden guns tucked away behind, you know, uh, behind him in his pants. And like the, uh, a friend of his, I guess, comes up with like a cigar box and in there. Did did you notice, like see any, some of the things that were in there? No, I'd have to rewatch it to uh, remember anything. Yeah, I just thought it was weird because it was just a bunch of miscellaneous stuff that's supposed to say like, hey, he, he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, um... I think there was like a joint, like at least one joint in there and uh, like uh, obviously like a roll of money and, and things like that. It was just kind of like a, a bunch of interesting things. But um, so what happens is that uh, there is some kind of undercover undercover operation going on on the plane and there is an FBI agent posing as a stewardess. And w- did uh, Nicholas, was there any lines like in the airplane that stuck out to you at all? I like to eat peaches. <laughs> yeah, uh, he can eat a peach for hours. That's definitely um, one of the uh, one of the many quotes in this movie that uh, I do remember. And that pickup line that he gives her, he's like, "If I were to send you flowers, where would I?" Uh... <laughs> no, wait, let me rephrase. If I were to let you suck my tongue, would you be grateful? Mm just really weird Mm -hmm. do you think that was scripted or improvised well as awkward as it was i'd I'd say that was improvised yeah so this operation goes awry you know um uh things happen you know the sean archer arrives they try to take off fbi agent dies and all this stuff so in the very first uh encounter with each other uh it's in some kind of like airplane hangar and they're kind of uh, like face to face, you know, guns pointing at each other. Uh, what did you What did you think about the scene? Like, I know there was one point that we did have a good chuckle. Um, not not too much. Just that it went on for a while. You know, a lot of these fight scenes went on longer than they should have. Yeah, like the um, I thought it was really funny when I, I think it was Caster Troy that actually mentions, "Oh, you only got one round left," and Sean Archer was like, "Yeah, you too." And then, like, Caster tries to shoot him, and, you know, um, it clicks. So, clearly, he is out of ammo. And then he drops to his knees and is like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, just apologizes really quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I thought that was pretty pretty funny. Is that telling of his character at all? Like, do you think that kind of makes him out to be a coward a little bit? Or I don't know. I feel like he was... Uh... I don't. I don't think he was serious when he was saying when he was saying he's sorry. You know, yeah. he was getting the knife out. He was just distracting him. We slowly took it out. It was it was a good move on Caster Troy's part. Yeah. So it, it was a plan B, right? So he was just you know playing it up like, oh, I'm so, I'm sorry. 
let me try to distract you while I pull out a knife. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Sean Archer hits this switch and then the like the airplane engine blows Castor Troy like across the room, knocks him out, presumably dead. And, I thought he was just knocked out when that happened. Yeah, see, I like nothing told me that he was dead either. Like they should have done, you know, that trope where somebody goes up to him and checks his pulse and says he's dead. You uh-huh. know, right? Like something like that. But I, I never thought he was dead. And it's too early in the movie, obviously. Uh-huh. But then they find some kind of floppy disk that t- uh, that tells them that there's like a bomb somewhere. You know, it tells them like the information, like the the type of casing of the bomb and and all of this, but. Did, did it show the countdown as well? Uh, no, no, it didn't. Okay, so the countdown wasn't shown, but clearly, Sean he knows that the that that this bomb exists, hmm. and then there is a plan brought to his attention or an operation, uh, black ops, third party, black site. I don't know. They use all these fancy words, right? Uh-huh. And they're like, hey. So his brother is arrested. Maybe you guys can uh, swap faces and, you know, go get the information from his brother. Right. So let's talk about this operation. So they want to surgically remove Caster Troy's face, put it on Sean Archer's face. And what else do they want to do? They want to change the hair, the eyes. Now, they want to change everything about him. Everything about him. Now, looking at... You got to suspend a lot of disbelief for this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, it makes more sense if you know it was more futuristic and they made you know minds changed instead of like the whole surgical body changing their consciousness, like yeah. in X Men or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I feel like there is a movie somewhere out there that that actually does happen. Well, you know the funny thing is, I, I think this um, this movie was originally set. In the near future, but, right? But the director decided against it to go more fe- uh, realistic. Yeah, to go more realistic. I think we saw that in the special features. Yes. Yeah. See, so do you think that would have worked better? No, I think this worked better. Did it? Okay. It just it'd be more re- believable if okay. it was set in the future. So let's talk a little bit about the science of this operation. What questions do you have? Like for me, I'm just like, okay, so they're cutting his hair while his face you know, is removed right now. And that's super unsanitary. Mm-hmm. Um, once they remove Sean Archer's face, they put it in this jar of probably saline water, I'd imagine. Uh-huh. And that's not very, it's not guarded very well. I mean, this facility doesn't seem to be like high, like a high sec- secure place either. Yeah, this is kind of like a... Just some office they they borrowed yeah, for the it, day. It, yeah, it's like a dentist office. yeah. Uh, did you th- find anything cool, like um, like like I- if it was a real thing? Like, did you see like any tech that kind of stood out to you? No, I was just thinking how stupid it seemed. You know, just how it, it just all came together. Um, the the one thing I did like is the 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 thing that was building the ear with laser. Mm. I thought that was kind of cool. Obviously, like uh, highly unbelievable. I mean. What about the nerves, you know, the, the skin and all that? I, I just thought that was fascinating if it was real. I mean, I, I don't know. Clearly, I'm no scientist, but mm-hmm. um, that's the one that stood out for me. So so let's jump to the prison scene, right? So now the, the uh, Sean Archer is now wearing Caster Troy's face. Mm-hmm. He goes into the prison as Caster Troy. Um, what do you think about the prison scene where he tries to go talk to little bro? 
it was it was interesting you know it showed how much um archer knew about caster and how he acted and um, he studied him yeah he definitely studied him um you know he it seemed like he knew everything there was to know about him he even knew what brother uh, what he even knew what uh pills that pollux took yeah yep you know what medication that um caster uh you know fed him I'm trying to think if there was any anything else that was dropped. Well, obviously he calls him bro, bro, and that's the thing that Pollux doesn't like the caster calling him bro. So that was dropped, and that was kind of cool too. Uh, at any moment, did you think that um, Sean was gonna mess up and then he'd get caught right there? Yes, when he uh, was fighting, it looked like he was about to um, start losing, and um, you know he came to his senses and. You know, he he looked over at Pollux, and Pollux gave him this look like, what are you doing? And then, you know, he just snapped right back to it, and then... Uh... Yeah, well, um, I, I agree with you there. Uh, however, the way I read it is that he just, he was resisting, you know, because he's an FBI agent. Like, typically, he wouldn't fight, but well, I guess they would fight back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, I did like the scene, but... I thought it was a little weird for the little brother, Pollux, that is, to be suspicious already. I mean, he's a paranoid schizophrenic. They said this. Yeah, that, that hence the medication. Okay, all right, you know, well, you definitely picked up on that and I didn't. Mm. Yeah, it, it was just something that I always, you know, that I always kind of questioned. Like, well, why is this guy so, like, who who else could it be, though? You know, like... Do you think you'd be able to tell the difference between me and somebody else who perhaps was wearing like a, a really good, I don't know, mask or prosthetics to look like me? Maybe. Maybe. You'd depends, have to see it, yeah, obviously. Yeah, it depends on how yeah. well they knew you, too. Right. Um, like, can like, hey, Dad, can you like yell at me real quick and <laughs> I can tell the difference? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I could definitely do that. <laughs> uh, can you say something or just yell at me? Yeah. Um, okay. So... Let me see. Where do we want to go to? How about the escape? Ah, yes. So, how many, how many coincidences are in this escape? Now, b- before the actual escape, uh, Sean, no, Caster Troy wakes up from his coma, mm-hmm. so he's actually not dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, decides to burn the whole building down, kills everybody that knows, which is three people. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it should be more than three people since they're their actual be. team. It should working be. On it. It, th- there's no reason. That they should have kept this a secret. Mm, there's also a man in the background that was uh, putting his ear on yeah. earlier in the movie because his ear got shot off, so he would know about it too. I mean, there's just too many people that you know went into this that should have known about this. Yeah, it, they, somebody from his department should have known, but uh, I guess the concern was that there might be a a rat or a mole, you know, from. Uh, Caster Troy's side, so that's why they probably kept it hush hush. Right, but you know who. Who would benefit from that? You know, Pollux is in the prison. All they need to know is where's the bomb and when's it going off. Yeah. So, Caster Troy pays Sean a visit. And what did you think of John Travolta playing Nicolas Cage, playing him, was like? Like, did you did you get that? So, so when we first see Caster Troy as Sean Archer, like, he is... Like overboard, right? His acting—it's uh—I I think it's even crazier than when he was just Nicolas Cage, like as a dressed up as a priest. Ah, uh, no, I wouldn't say that. No, no. Uh, I do like the the line when he looks at uh, Sean, and Sean looks like he's about to throw up because he's sick to his stomach. He 
he's like, I can't believe this, right? He, he's looking at his own face. And Caster Troy's like, ooh, we good looking. You know, like yeah. I, I thought that was a really good line. And does he try to try to kiss him? Um, I I can't I, can't, I, I don't recall. I think he tried to like kiss him because you know it's his own face. I I think that's what happened. Oh uh, yeah. Um. So the escape. Hmm. Coincidences after coincidences stacking up. Very convenient. Like Jenga. Maybe maybe not so much coincidences, just very convenient. Everything, you know. Um. So they're wearing these magnetic boots, which are supposed to be extremely heavy. And with a flip of a switch, they wouldn't be able to walk, right? They'd just be stuck to the floor. Mm-hmm. And the only way to get these removed is if they go get shock therapy. Right. Right. So, so happens that, um, you know, uh, Ka- Sean, as Caster Troy, he gets into a fight over trying to get a cigarette and goes up to this room where they're doing shock therapy. And so it happens that there's a guy that uh, is in there that he fought earlier that he convinces to kind of wake up from like a spasmic uh, convulsion. Electroshock, electroshock you know, Yeah, you know, so he, Yeah, and so he came to his senses and like helps and Sean is able to escape. Mm-hmm. So... When I was younger, I don't know if I knew or thought this when I was younger, but in my memory, like in my head canon, I thought this was Alcatraz, but they kept on calling it like Erewhon, which is like a, you know, anagram of uh, nowhere, you know, which is a fun fact I read on IMDb there. And so he jumps off of this, this, uh, this prison into the water. And I feel like if they are that type of prison where nobody's supposed to know about it, like, don't you think they have guards or security to like to try to go find him mm-hmm. that's a pretty long swim yeah and then the next time we see him he is like stealing a car like at, at the valet yeah yeah um that you know after he jumps off it um switches right to caster troy as sean archer and then they tell him or whoever is in the department tells sean archer who is caster troy um caster troy has escaped the prison, and then he's like, oh, he's already here. I know it. And then, you know, it's like, what if he's actually dead? You're on high alert for no reason. Yeah. So while all of this is going on, we got Caster Troy uh, going to the Archer house. So what do you think about him playing Sean Archer at the home? Oh, this was funny. You know, he drove by um, earlier and... He missed the house. Yeah, he missed the house. Yeah. <laughs> and he, you know, he stops like further down the road and he looks back and sees Eve and he's like, oh, yes, yes, that's right. I, w- I wonder if he even knew what Eve looked like. Because like, here's the thing. Do you think he was just driving around? Because now if if I knew, if I had an idea where I was going and I had an address, I would have been looking for it, right? Instead, he drives by the house and he only reverses just because he saw a woman standing there. Mm-hmm. Well, um, no, I think maybe, you know, there's a picture of even his office or something like that. Maybe his wallet, you would think. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, because this is obviously before cell phones, you know, with the pictures and stuff. So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd buy that uh, maybe there's a wallet with a picture in it. Um, so when he goes inside the house, uh, Jamie's in there. She's, you know, smoking and then, like, tries to say it was, like, her friend's cigarette. But, d- dude, you were just smoking in there. You know, like, she had it lit up and everything. She was on the phone. Uh, I thought it was funny that he calls her Janie and then happens to look at a pillow and it says Jamie. And he's like, I don't think you heard me right. Yeah. You know. Um, so many conveniences. Now, at any point, did you think he was going to do something bad to her? 
Uh, yes. Yes. That is, it was just that first scene though. Yeah. Now, did it, did you feel like insulted in any way that, uh, that's not the way it went? Not to say that that's what you wanted, but, uh, but the way that they tricked you. No. No. Okay. All right. Um, so, so we get, uh, you know, some scenes with Jamie, uh, later on, we got scenes with Eve, you know, he's trying to like kiss her and, you know, uh, charm her and stuff. And she doesn't quite buy it yet because, you know, that's the, the type of marriage that they have now. But after watching this movie, I feel that Caster Troy felt bad for accidentally killing Michael and is perhaps trying to make it up by fixing this family. I wouldn't say he's trying to make it up. I'm just... I'm... Oh, clearly I'm joking. But if you think about it, he's like... Oh, clearly. Yeah. He's like, oh, your wife hasn't have, had some? Well, let me, uh, you know, let me give her some here and make her happy. Oh, your daughter, uh, it's got, you know, she's dating a sleaze bag. Let me, let me give her a knife and show her how to use it. You know, like he doesn't do anything you would think Caster Troy would actually do in this family household. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what to say to that. I just think it's interesting though. Like, um, you know, perhaps he's just kind of playing the role right now until he can get his brother free. You know, that's probably just the end game there. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, let's, uh, do you want to talk about any of the, the shootouts in, in particular? Which one? The one that went 10 minutes or 10 minutes or the, uh, 15 minute? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk about the, um, the one where he goes to Dietrich's apartment. You know, he, um, reunites with Sasha. She introduces him to his son, Adam. Uh, what'd you think about this whole scene here, uh, at the apartment? Uh. Oh yeah, and he's drugged up too. I forgot about that. It was it was interesting because you know she uh, he's talking to her and he's like these are these are nice clothes and she's like that's yours and then this boy walks in and he's like that's a nice boy he's also yours and apparently you know, that's the first time she told Caster Troy and the first time that uh, you know anyone other than her knows who it was and that was just like the really coincidental time to tell him. Yeah, just because he just arrived. Yeah. I mean, she was being interrogated earlier, and she did say that she hadn't seen him in years, which, you know, we don't know if she's lying or not, you know? So so it's kind of hard to believe at this point. Well, you have a point. I mean, she did say to him that he le- he never looked back. Yeah, but, but also, like, she, you know, didn't want to tell anybody that Adam was his, you know, to protect him, to protect, protect Adam, you know, that fearing that uh, somebody would, you know, hurt him to get to Castor. You know, mm-hmm. so all of that makes sense too, but um, it, were you bothered by the whole face-off scene? No, no, it was funny. No, you you liked all of that. I liked it. Yeah, um, yeah, I thought it was fine. Uh, now you never saw the Notebook, did you? No, definitely not. But you know about it. No, well, yeah. You you've heard about it, like you know Ryan um, Gosling, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. of people like it. Yeah. You know, it's a very sweet romantic movie. Now Dietrich, the the bald guy. Okay. Uh, Nick Cassavetes. He directed that movie. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. He, um, as a matter of fact, his mother um, was also in that movie. So I, I don't know if he casted his own mother or what, but uh, you never judge a book by its cover, right? Yeah. So in, in the movie, you know, I, I think a lot of people would actually say like, hey, it's good. Uh, those that, you know, probably say it's, it's not good, probably just sick of watching it, you know, but I, I think everyone must have at least enjoyed it the first time around, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but I thought that was interesting. Uh, Nick Cassavetes, I actually know 
from an 80s movie called The Wraith, where he was also a bad guy, but he actually uh, he actually had like long hair, kind of curly, you know, like uh, what you would imagine like 80s long hair would look like, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, very interesting, still playing a bad guy here. So they got the uh, the cops to kind of raid the apartment. You know, it's like a, like a forty five minute shootout here. Oh yeah, uh, very very long. Um, did you see anything visually that you liked in this whole action sequence? Well, thinking about it in my head now, I do realize that there was a lot of slow motion in this action scene, especially like the that one point when they put like um, headphones on Adam and play uh, over the rainbow. Right. Uh, now, fun fact, uh, that version was sung by Olivia Noon-John, who was in Greece with John Travolta. Oh, yes, right, Sandy. I've never seen... Well, actually, I've seen Greece like twice. Wow. Yeah. Sandra D. Mm-hmm. I know the name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Greece, Lightning, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I've, I've seen it twice. It's fine. Um, it's not something I grew up with. Um, one of the things that I liked about this sequence was and I I think it's in this one but it's that one point where gosh maybe it wasn't in this one but the one that comes to mind is the one where um Sean and Castor are up against a mirror but they're back to back mm. in wait what was that <laughs> that was me trying to say mm-hmm. oh I thought you said what do you mean but do you follow so far like the scene I'm talking yes, about yes, yeah. yeah and then they both turn but they see themselves uh, which is obviously the other person's face, and they clearly want to shoot, but they know it's themselves. So did you think that was cool at all? Or? I definitely thought that was cool, because like, yeah. when I first saw it, I was like, oh, it's like they're facing off against the other guy now. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of themes there, you know, with the mirror and seeing each other's face, uh, face off. So um, that was probably my favorite action sequence, really. The the rest of it, you know, is just like it drags. Like, honestly, the movie could have ended right there for me mm-hmm. just because of how everything went. Dietrich dies. Uh-huh. Um, weird kiss with him and Sasha. I actually kind of felt bad when Dietrich died. Yeah, he seemed like an okay guy. Yeah. You know? For a criminal. Um, because he, he was like looking out for his sister earlier during the interrogation. Yeah, sister. And, you know, he, obviously he's no snitch, right? So like when Archer was um, interrogating him, he's like, hey, how's your dead son? You know, so, I don't know, kind of a cool bad guy there. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you want to, do any any thoughts on the boat, the boat chase? Oh, I hate it. Just because it's long? Uh, or yeah, just, it's just so long, it just, yeah. it just bored me. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the, the end scene there. Um, we can just jump straight to when, uh, I, I guess, all is well. You know, they're able to find some kind of surgical team from Washington, D.C. to fly down and correct the the face swap, the face off swap mm-hmm. operation, mm-hmm. and we get the scene where Eve is at home, and then Sean shows up again slow mo, right? It's in slow motion, and uh, there's like sunlight too, so it's so it's kind of uh, making it hard for us to actually see Sean's face, but clearly it's John Travolta, right? Like you you can tell. I mean, um, I'm I'm sure we we can tell from the uh, silhouette of his chin and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. So so he comes in. He's like, hey, you know, look at me. I'm looking good. Uh-huh. Uh, by the way, I stopped by and I picked up a new kid. Uh-huh. One who looks who has the same coconut bowl haircut as the last one. Yeah, uh, kind of weird. But you know, earlier he spoke with Sasha. You know, when she died, she said, hey, take care of our son, which. 
I mean, come on, Sean. She was she thought you were Castor Troy, <laughs> uh-huh. you know. So he took it quite literally, and I guess he adopted him or kidnapped him or something. Yeah, um, I feel like he kidnapped I him. Know. I don't know. I don't I'm know. Pretty sure he kidnapped him. I don't him. think he kidnapped him. Okay, wait. What would he do with him after the whole scene? Uh, he went to Margaret Cho. You know the uh, his Korean colleague. You know the 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 woman that worked for him who asked about the stick up his ass operation. Oh, okay. Right? He goes to her and says, "Hey, uh, you watch this kid. Uh, I'm gonna get my face back and I'm gonna come back and get him." Yeah, I think he kidnapped him. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Because, like, if you think about it, like, um, these are supposed to be, like, the next best surgeons to be able to correct this operation. Right. And the very first operation took, what, not even a full day, right, for right. for the whole uh, face operation to happen and also the healing. Mm-hmm. You know, and they had some kind of drug that, uh, you know, was able to, you know, relieve the pain as well. So... You got to imagine maybe this is like two days tops. Well, you know, you also got to remember that the um, Black Ops operation or whatever had like the higher tech and whatnot. And you would think that if it's just this one thing with not many people knowing about it, quote unquote, that there wouldn't be, um, you know, these machines anywhere else. Okay. So you're thinking a few more days. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking like okay. a week. Well, maybe in that case, adoption is possible, you know, because you got paperwork and like background checks and stuff like that. So, um, okay, kind of interesting, you know. Uh-huh. So m- maybe maybe adopted. I'd like to hear what the listeners think. Kidnapped or adopted? This, uh, this, this Adam boy. I say kidnapped. Kidnapped. Okay, all right. So we'll go back to kidnapped. Uh, so that wraps up the... Um, you know, our review of Face Off. Now, previously, what we used to do was give a rating of the movie, which I think I'm going to kind of get away from at this moment. What I do want to bring up is what IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes gave it. So Rotten Tomatoes gave it a, um, a rating of 92%. On IMDb, it says, let's see here, it gave it a 73 which score would you lean towards closer? 7.3. 93 seems really 92%. high. Oh, 90, well, 92 seems yeah. still really high. 7.3, yeah. Yeah, it's a good movie. Definitely better than average, but not that high of better than average. Okay. I'm going to go with IMDb um, on this one as well. 92%, that's close to a perfect movie. Now, I enjoyed this movie like i think it's fun but it's really long oh yeah it's really long the dialogue isn't very good mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know like it, it could have been written uh, a little bit better i um, could eat a peach for hours yeah hey, that's that's pretty good you know <laughs> you sound just like nicholas cage um there, there, there are a lot of good lines in this movie uh you know i'm gonna watch it again we own it mm. you know i mm-hmm. don't know how often i would watch it but you know that's not one that I would throw in my rotation. Right. Though. I would I would watch this movie again sometime soon. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Soon. So yeah. you thought it was uh, just a lot of fun or oh, well, yeah, de- what is definitely. it about this movie though? Um, I like the just the charisma of Nicolas Cage's character. Okay. Um, you like his performance. Yeah, in this. I like his he... performance. I like John Travolta's performance. I think they both did really well um embodying the characters in the beginning of the movie and then eventually later each other. Which was it was just spot on for both of them for you know what you see, 
Yeah, see, and that's what I liked about this movie, too, because it's another, like, a, a different take on, like, those body-switching movies, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, Freaky Friday. And, right. Uh, for those that are, like, my age and older, you know, you guys will remember, like, uh, like Father Like Son and movies, like, uh, Vice Versa. This is a different take. Uh, instead of bodies, it's faces, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. uh, say what you will about this movie. Like, yeah, it's, like, it's awesomely... It's not awesomely bad, but it's, like, it's, like... Guilty pleasure, it would be a knock on it, but it's it's not that either. It's really good, but it has its flaws for sure. Right. Um, the first thing is like is definitely long, but what I do remember is I definitely enjoyed the performances. Like for the majority of my adult life, I've always remembered Face Off being my favorite like Nicolas Cage movie, and also I liked John Travolta in it because how they have to play one another, you mm-hmm. know, and seeing that was kind of fun for me. Right. Um, Gina Gershon, I found extremely attractive, you know, when I was a lot younger. Uh, watching this one, you know, she's still very pretty, but not my cup of tea anymore. Who's that again? Uh, Sasha. Yeah. 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 Not, not your not, cup of not, tea. Not my cup of tea. Yeah, see? So there you go. I mean, she, she, hey, very, very pretty woman. Yeah. Um, Probably not even needed, to be honest with you. Mm. Like... Like, it, well, I mean, it could have been the uncle. Need, you know, it could have been the uncle and the little boy. Well, I mean, you, know, you needed Caster try to be with somebody. I mean, I'm sure yeah. he went to, wanted to be with, you know, but the we, uncle. We, we didn't even get like a like a nice scene with them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just... <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, I guess that's it. And what uh, I, I did put a question out to an exclusive group i want to give a shout out to the uh, movie pod squad uh on twitter which i'm also part of you know a small community of uh film reviewers and podcasters and so i put out to them what two like actors or actresses or whatever combination would you have liked to have seen um in this movie so do you have a pairing that you would have liked to have seen Yes, actually, um, Leonardo DiCaprio and James Franco. Um, okay, I just feel like Leonardo could pull off a pretty cool, charismatic gangster. Um, you know, in the beginning of the movie, and James Franco, a serious detective, and then you know they they would they I think they could pull each other off really well. Yeah, uh, in in more ways than one. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I I, I kind of like that. Well, you know, James Franco is kind of kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I like that a lot, actually. Um, my pairing would be um, maybe the uh, maybe these actors as they are now in their career. So so not like uh, throwback actors or anything like that. But uh, I would take Michael Shannon now. OK. And also Bill Paxton Okay, and I think I would have, and, and you know who they both are: Michael Shannon, General Zod, yeah, Paxton. Uh, uh, he was in like Terminator, Alien, okay, uh, um, okay. Titanic, even right, yeah, uh, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Yes, yeah, he played that major or uh, Master Sergeant. You know the really funny one. Oh yeah, yeah. I am not, uh, sir. Uh, oh, you're American, sir. I am not. I am from Kentucky. Uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. guy. Okay, yeah, that guy. So he would be. The Nicolas Cage character. Okay. And I would have um, Michael Shannon play the John Travolta. All right. I can see that. Yeah. So, or vice versa. You know, they're both uh, very talented actors. So, so um, that's what uh, I have there. Mm-hmm. 
So of the guys from the movie Pod Squad that uh, left feedback, the very first one here is from at Super Movie Pod. He says Kurt Russell and Patrick Swayze. Oh, that's definitely interesting. So he says Russell is the crazier of the two, so he plays the Travolta role. Um, and because seeing Swayze do this would effing kill me uh, laughing, which uh, he included the, the gif of uh, Nicolas Cage dancing in the priest outfit. Mm. He wants to see mm. Patrick Swayze doing that. So I, I can see that, you know, Patrick Swayze was in Dirty Dancing. Uh-huh. So that, that'd be kind of fun. Uh, the next feedback is from at MGT Podcast. And the pairing that uh, they gave was Heath Ledger playing Caster Troy mm. and Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Archer. Huh. What do you think? Well, do you... You said that there'd be like now, right? And not like No, back it, then. It, it it doesn't oh, matter. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, Heath Ledger's dead. Um I that that'd definitely be interesting. You know, I that's saw um Ten Things I Hate About You with mm-hmm. uh Heath be Ledger. A little reunion. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, I like both of them as actors. Um I think they'd be a good match. Yeah, I'm not sure which one that was that I was speaking with, but uh, you know, there's Chris, Corey and Donnie uh over there. And uh let's see here. We also got the at the countdown PC, and uh, the pairing that they gave, uh, let's see here, Chris Pratt and Chris Pine doing their best renditions of each other. Uh, Pratt could play goofy and over the top like Cage, and I thought Pine was a decent straight man to play him off against. Anyway, that was my thinking. Looking forward to hearing the result. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I could dig that. Okay. So, um, Chris Pratt. Interesting. Yeah, I like to see him uh, do something crazy like that. So, the next feedback we got is from at Jay Lost the Day. And let's see here. He goes with, uh, or he says, I don't know if I'm still in time for this, but Bruce Willis and Jason Statham, the movie would just turn into even more outrageously over-the-top action. Plus, they kind of have that same type of face, so the whole time it would be like, why that guy, they kind of look the same. Wait. Plus, they kind of have the same type of face, so the whole time it would be like, why that guy, they kind of look the same. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. They have a similar head, but I mean, there's probably at least a 10-year age difference, which I'm not... Saying that's like a big deal, but right. like Bruce Willis may not be as active, right? Um, but I like that. You know, I, I like those two together. I mean, they're, they're both bald. They are both bald, absolutely. I, uh, I mean, they definitely make the action scenes a lot more entertaining. But I'd feel like hmm, that's something they're both in. The Expendables are they both in the Expendables? Uh, yes. Like, like every action hero is in the Expendables. I'm trying to. I know Jason Statham is in right all of them. Bruce Willis, I feel like might be in the third one. I don't remember. I think he is. I mean, there's three of them, and I can't really remember which is which, to be honest with you. Right. All right, so the the next one we got is from uh, Justin over at, uh, at Movie Geek Cast, and he actually says... Uh, I'll just cut to one part where he says, and no, you should never recast that movie, Peter. It's perfect. But I really, you know, begged him to give me one. And he says, Arnold and Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito is... The Penguin. 
from Batman Returns. Oh, that's interesting. Did you ever see Twins? Uh, starring... Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito? <laughs> no. Yeah. And that was the irony because they looked nothing alike. Okay. Complete opposites. I got you. Uh, really. Yeah. Um, so I think that might, I mean, could have been a joke, but, you know, it could be a real thing too just to be funny. But he says all the Baldwin brothers. So I think that might be like a, another entry he gave. And I think there's four of them, William, Alec, Stephen, and Daniel. I like Alec. Yeah, well, Alec, you definitely know. Uh, he's uh, obviously very funny, and you know the the more popular one. And he says all, you know, well, he says all of them, and it's just more faces off. So uh-huh. I kind of like that. Uh-huh. So that's really funny there. So so thank you guys for um, uh, sending in those feedback. I sure appreciate that. Now it's been a while, but we finally uh, got another, or we got some reviews here to read as well. And obviously with the uh, iTunes reviews, uh, I prefer that you read them. Okay. From Movie Geek Cast. Movie Geek Catnip. Huge Movie Geek should definitely subscribe to HLF. Great movies, fun guests, and Peter's not too bad himself. Always a pleasure to listen to. Two thumbs up. Another by Berserker Guy. There is no review under five stars for dot dot dot. For good reason. It has great quality, great conversation and reviews, as well as guest interviews. By Mixtape Montage. Awesome. Peter is so awesome. Love the podcast. Five stars. Happy face. All right. Thank you, everybody, for leaving the feedback. We sure appreciate that. And if you want to leave feedback, there are definitely uh, many ways you can do so. Um, well, first off, you can you know give us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play, wherever uh, you, listen, uh, you listen to podcasts. Um, but if you want to interact with me in any way, you know, I'm at Twitter or on Twitter or Instagram at Paul Stalgic. Uh, but also now me being part of the Court uh, and Parts uh, podcast network, you can join the group page on Facebook called Court and Parts Podcast. So if you join the group, um, it is a secret group, so you got to request uh, permission to uh, for entry. And once granted, you can interact with any of the other hosts and listeners of the uh, the network. You can interact with me in there. You know, we can uh, talk about like, uh, movie suggestions, you know, things of that nature. So that's it. That's all I got for for this one here. Now I gave the shout out to the uh, the movie Pod Squad earlier. Um, they uh, have been giving you know everybody shout outs as well. So for this particular episode, I just want to do something a little bit different at the uh, very end of this episode. I'm gonna go, um, you know, at the end here. We're actually gonna have our own end credits. And I'm just going to read off every member of the uh, movie pod squad. So join in on the group, subscribe to the show. And I want to thank you guys for uh, tuning in to this episode. So I'm Peter. I'm Phoenix. And thank you guys for listening. Cult 45. Films and swearing. John's Horror Corner Video Negative Epic Film Guys Skip to the End Movies Now and Then Scotch and Flicks Movie Saurus Rex Popcorn with Candy TCR Podcast Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast Movie Geekcast 
via VHS Movies and TV, Cinephiles and Cinebites, VHS Life, Fix the Flick, Bad Movie Night, Fans on Patrol, Super Mario Brothers, A Beardo Talks Film, Mexabro Movie Show, Alternate Endings, Bud's Beards Brutality, Midnight Movie Nights, Movie Guys Podcast, A Movie Podcast, Cutaways Podcast, DGDTR Podcast, more gooder than Sudden Double Deep Who spiked the puns? Large Marge sent us Good Times Great Movies Flix X-Raid Onofrey Horror Bull Podcast Show Nuff John Basement Condition Dinner and a Podcast The Countdown Pod Potty in the Galaxy Down the Hall <laughs> oh, That's a good one Chris Brayton Secret Transmission Drunk Comics Fans Pod. Dork. <laughs> Dirt Comics Fan Pod. Cyber Squid Radio. Fork Found Reviews. And Zombie Kitty. Podstagic is part of Cortemp Arts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Listen to some of our other shows like Get Real Movies, Blood, Guts, and Blu-ray, and The Broken Brain at cortemparts.com.